Hey everyone, welcome to Mark My Words, the only podcast for independent paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey everybody, it's Mark. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, With me this afternoon is uh, Brian Carter. Brian is the president of Armstrong Clark. Armstrong Clark is a cool little company. They're a specialty manufacturer of uh, exterior stains. That is exclusively the only market that they deal in exterior stains. And uh, interestingly, they only make oil-based exterior stains. They still believe that that is the uh, best foot forward as far as uh, the, the quality of the resin that they're using. They still feel that that's the best foot forward and they have found ways to make it VOC compliant in every state. And so I talked to Brian a little bit about his business uh, and we do talk a little bit about how they responded uh, to the COVID outbreak. And we spend a little time talking about how their uh, independent retail customers around the United States have been uh, impacted by the COVID outbreak. And, and one of the things that's interesting, and, and I've shared some of this in my writing, as I'm calling retailers around the United States, I'm finding that there are some that are really uh, struggling and I'm finding that there are some that are doing extremely well. And, and I'm trying to figure out what the difference is so that, you know, obviously we can try to replicate uh, some of that success that we're seeing. And, and Brian talks about that. Uh, the, the stores that are, that are selling uh, high-end premium, not necessarily super premium, but, but premium products to the DIY customer, those stores are, are continuing to do extremely well. And that is the category that Brian's product is sold in. It does have a, a significant professional following, but there are a lot of DIY consumers that are interested in doing their own projects now. There are a lot of consumers, I should say, who are interested in doing their own projects now because they're stuck at home. And some of these exteriors can can get into uh, some big number of gallons. And, and so this is really an opportunity for retailers to, uh, to connect with possibly some volume. So give a listen to what Brian has to say, and and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and do all those things, and I'll be back with you blogging on Monday and another podcast next week on Thursday. So thanks very much. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with uh, Brian Carter. Brian is the president of Armstrong Clark in Sonora, California. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here. Armstrong Clark is a uh, specialty manufacturer of architectural coatings. You guys are in the exterior oil base uh, stain market. Is that correct, Brian? Yes, it is. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your business? Well, uh, we've been in business for over 30 years. Uh, we, we specialize in just making exterior uh, oil-based wood stains that are uh, not only legal but compliant in uh, every city and state in the United States. Oh, wow. Uh, are you a are national it? company, Brian? Do you have distribution uh, everywhere? We don't have – well, yes yes, and no. We don't have uh, what you would call a stereotypical uh, or traditional distributors, but we do have retailers across the country. We are uh, heaviest or strongest in the West Coast, right? but our greatest demand and new growth is uh, – back on the East Coast and around the Great Lakes. Interesting. Well, I think a lot of the larger manufacturers are probably having some trouble in this space because of the VOC regulations, right? How is it that you guys are able to uh, continue to make a living just selling these uh, oil-based coatings? 
Well, we figured out back in about 2011 how to make a good old-fashioned true traditional oil without all the solvent. Some of that knowledge and insight actually goes back to some of our history prior to the the founding of Armstrong Clark. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with our company, Jake Clark's grandfather uh, started the flood company. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, we all know that name. Yeah, yeah. So so he, he grew up in the business. And, uh, and when he was growing up and when it was, you know, when he was younger in his career, uh, everything was true, was true oil. It was in a good old fashioned oil yep. and they had products. And, uh, so he knew, uh, knew, knew how to work with oil. And so, uh, long story short, he, he retired in the eighties from that company, went into wood restoration on uh, shake roofs and, uh, joined forces with a gentleman by the name of Jim Armstrong, took his, his manufacturing history and knowledge and, and brought it to uh, what Jim was doing with his products. And what happened was that the, if you recall a number of years ago, the whole world was moving from 550 VOCs down to 250. Mm-hmm. And Jim was trying to stay ahead of the curve and worked out a way part using some of his knowledge from the past and, and maybe part, uh, let's call it not on accident, but using a, an educated guess, if you will, uh, on how to do some blending and we essentially have created a solvent substitute. One of the real funny stories was uh, Jake was uh, out on the road visiting customers, and all the all our competitors were, were bringing their 250 VOC formulas to the stores. And the store manager goes, all right, Jake, I've got so-and-so's new formula, and this person's new formula, this company's new formula, and I'm having this headache and that headache and all these headaches. What headaches am I going to have with your new formula? And Jake goes... <laughs> Well, you tell me you've been selling it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that story. And so let me ask you a question before we go on to the main topic of, of you know, for this podcast. My stores, uh, when I was in the business, were in New York City. I, I did not have a lot of experience with exterior coatings because of that, and certainly not uh, a lot of experience with exterior stains. It would have been very unusual in my market. Uh, is it generally uh, still considered that oil base is the premium version if it's available? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, what's interesting is uh, we, our phone rings every day. People want a high quality oil and that's what we deliver is a high quality oil. Right. Unfortunately, a lot of people think they can't get oil, that oil's illegal. And what they don't realize is it's not oil. That's the problem. It's the solvent that right. goes into the oil-based formulas. That's the real issue. Right. Right. It's not the resin. It's the solvent. Yep. Right. Understood. And so tell me a little bit about how you guys uh, distribute. Obviously, if you're on this podcast, uh, you're you're at least doing some work with uh, independent retailers. Is that your exclusive uh, method of distribution or are you in other channels? What's the story there? It, it is our primary uh, focus. Um, we don't deal with big boxes. Uh, we won't deal with big boxes. Anyone who knows my history knows I, I joked that I served a three-year sentence working <laughs> with big boxes. Right. <laughs> At a, at a headquarters, we do have a few, let's say, legacy stores that have been with us for twenty or thirty years. That uh, again, primarily West Coast, but we weren't going to stop doing business with them because we're here today, be- in part because of their loyalty and continued loyalty. But we are not uh, adding and will not add any additional, let's call them national branded retailers. Right. We're focused primarily on independent paint. That's where all our energy is going. 
Right. We do have some independent hardware and we do pick up some independent hardware stores, but we're not focused on on trying to bring them on board. Right. And and the the dealers that are buying from you, Brian, are they buying direct from Armstrong Clark? Are you going through distribution? Are you are you selling it through like an all pro or another buying group? What are what are the options for retailers? So everyone is buying direct from us. Uh, we are an all pro supplier. So we do uh, participate in trying to take advantage of, of, of that uh, group's buying power. Right. But we as a company, if you're buying Armstrong Clark, you are getting it from Armstrong Clark. Right. There are no distributors. There's no two-step of your product. No, no. And so that's got to be a real advantage for your retailers. I suspect it gives them an ability to stay competitive. Yes. I think the big thing uh, with buying direct is you have that direct relationship. Yeah. So we know what each of our retailers' needs are. There's nothing being lost in transition or translation from the local store to our corporate headquarters. Right. We also have a, a warehouse in Michigan that helps serve uh, the eastern part of the United States to help with the distribution. So, yeah, no, we, we prefer it this way. Not to say that we wouldn't ever consider a distributor. It just hasn't made sense for us yet. Right. And so tell me a little bit about the consumer that would be interested in, in Armstrong Clark. When you find an independent retailer that uh, is interested in stocking your products, it, it probably has some connection uh, to the type of, of consumer that they have coming in their store. They feel like mm-hmm. they have some demand for the product. So what is it that you guys are looking for in a dealer? Well, or in a consumer, uh, I should say, in the, cons- in the makeup of, the, of a dealer's business. Yeah, so consumers that are – our focus is, is, is looking for and, and grabbing hold of customers and consumers who are looking for a quality product. Uh, we're not going to compete in the low space, right. uh, low price point space. Uh, that's not our interest. You know, you get what you pay for. So if you want a longer-lasting, higher-quality product, you're going to pay a little more. We also, as a company, most of our sales, obviously, being in, in, in this uh, industry, are going to come through working with contractors. That's right. where all your – your real volume is going to come from. Right. Uh, so we've actually, to help grow at the retail level, we've invested quite a bit of time and energy over the years with uh, contractor groups. And so we go, we get involved with groups like the PCA and build those relationships, and then we drive those relationships back to the store. And so when, when a retailer were, were to start with you, is there some amount of, of uh, pent-up demand in, in areas? Is that how you're identifying retailers? or is? <laughs> um, I wish it were that easy. Yeah, that would be easy, right? <laughs> uh, let me explain. My phone rings every day from people that are on the East Coast, uh, between Atlanta, Georgia, and Cape Cod. Every day, I could, my phone's ringing. And what's happened is, and, and part of this is actually, I think, the world that we live in today. Stores will say, well, Brian, no one, no one ever asked me for your stain. And I have to remind them, well, they're not. Right. They're like, well, why aren't they? Well, because when they look for where to buy my stain, their app or their phone's saying, you got to go here or there. Specifically telling them not to come to you because you don't carry it. Right. So very interesting story. We just picked up a retailer down in the uh, north side of Atlanta in Georgia. He placed his first order in March, already placed another order a couple of weeks ago, and I talked to a sales rep today who wants to place yet a third order. And once it was out there that they were carrying our stain, they had three or four contractors going, well, it's about time. I can come buy my stain here now. 
Excellent. Well, that's great. So, I'm, and I'm glad to hear that you've got some retailers that are busy in, in what's proving to be a very challenging time. And so if, if you don't mind, I'd like to change gears a little bit and, and talk to you a little bit about uh, what some of the uh, coronavirus outbreak has done to affect your customer base. Uh, you had said just a minute ago that that uh, your uh, consumer is very heavy in the residential repaint contractor. Are you seeing, because I, I know that there's a lot of data that's showing that that segment is struggling right now. Are you seeing that or are you guys still staying busy? It depends on, on the region. So there are states and areas where the contractors are just shut down. They're not allowed to work. Right. Which is um, the case. Uh, I'm speaking to you, by the way, I didn't say this when we when you called earlier. I'm speaking to you from Stamford, Connecticut. I'm in the New York metropolitan area. Yep. And, and my two stores, before I uh, sold them and, and changed careers, uh, my two stores were both in New York City. And so I know a lot of the retailers in New York City. I grew up in the business in New York City. And they were closed. Many of them are, are literally opening just this week for the first time in in a month they were literally shut down zero percent yeah we um it's very interesting as a company we're having an, an incredible year oh terrific good i'm really glad to hear that we we were down just take april for example we were up on the year going into april but then the first two weeks of april we were down a lot like 60 like i want to say like 80 percent yeah like on the 14th of april i'm sitting there thinking okay is this virus or is this weather because as you know in exterior stain if you got bad weather you're not selling anything that's correct right we went from down 80 percent in the last uh, around the 14th of april to beating last april wow uh, because it just came pouring in the door now some of that uh you know we, we're in california so california's no, we got great weather, so we're benefiting from great weather in California. In other parts of the country, what's happened is the consumer is sitting at home and looking for things to do, and they're, they're researching, hey, look, I got that project I got to get on. I'm researching, so they're researching stains, and they're finding our name. Yep. And they're calling, where can I buy your stain? Uh, and what's very funny about where you live is, yes, contractor business, I would have to guess, is slow, but the homeowner is calling and calling and calling. We uh, this this is a little bit uh, unusual, but last Thursday, I had three conversations from homeowners on how to stain their thousand to two thousand square foot mahogany deck in the New York Connecticut area. Wow! Before eleven o'clock, it was just because now they've got time. They're not going into the city. They're not spending all that time commuting. Right. They're researching. They're finding our name for, as a quality product. And it's interesting to me, I don't know if you uh, follow any of the research by uh, the Farnsworth Group, and, and if you don't, if I could make a suggestion, and, and I guess I can plug myself since it's my own podcast, I, I have a, a podcast episode coming out on, on Thursday of this week uh, with the Farnsworth Group, and they are doing an outstanding job. They're a market research group that specializes in our channel. And they are doing an outstanding job of showing the changes in behavior uh, in the uh, COVID era. And one of the things that they're seeing is that the uh, residential repaint is is struggling, as as you just alluded to, but that the DIY business is is exploding. And so yep. I guess what you're saying is you're you're having that same experience. You're basically validating the uh, the data that they've shared. It's interesting you bring them up. I actually watched a uh, – it was an online uh, cast last week. Yeah. And uh, Jake Clark and I both watched it, and we got done. I'm like, 
Well, that sounds exactly like what we're experiencing. Yeah, so uh, that's 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 terrific. I'm I'm really glad to hear that because their research uh, is is saying some very specific things that are causing retailers to think about changing the way that they do business and and whether that's in marketing or whether that's in uh, who they see their their customer as or even how they handle their customers in the store and the services that they offer and I'm advocating some some very significant changes for retailers and I I like hearing not just that the research backs up my data but I like hearing that the actual impact in the industry uh, on a manufacturer such as yourselves is backing that up as well. Yeah, no. And and so how is it, how are you helping your dealers uh, uh, sort of tap into this vein, right? As their, as their customer base transitions, at least temporarily, uh, from the res repaint to direct to the consumer, how, how is it that you guys are, are helping uh, dealers find that consumer? Well, we, we're actually just getting into that. We haven't officially done anything yet. Right. Uh, but we are we are actually I just we're starting to work on it. Uh, matter of fact, this morning I, I spoke with someone had a conference call to get these things going. Yeah. One of the things is we've and some of these things you can't just do overnight. You just can't turn on a switch. What right. we did a couple of years ago was we said, look, the, the world's moving to all this social media stuff. Uh, that's not a core uh, part of our, our marketing strategy, but we recognize as millennials move into uh move or age into where they're buying homes and raising families they're going to become a huge uh they're going to have huge buying power so how do we take advantage of that so a couple of years ago we started investing heavily into facebook and instagram advertising yeah and the beauty of that is you know again you have to build up your base is but once you start getting a base you can say i want to put this very specific advertisement in that city or that state in this age group. And so you can customize your message to your, your, your audience. The, so, the value of social media as an advertising or marketing or messaging tool compared to the options you had, you know, even a decade ago, Brian, it, it's, it's ridiculous. They're not even really comparable. The difference no. between putting an ad in the paint dealer magazine you know, or something like that, that, that got sent out to 15,000 people, but you have no idea how many threw it in the garbage and spending versus spending the same money on some sort of social media, uh, or some sort of other digital, uh, experience to reach your customer where you can actually measure and see who you're reaching, how you're reaching them, how they're interacting with, uh, the marketing that you've done and, and you can adjust what a, what a tremendous step up, you know? Yes, yes. And, you know, that's not to say we want to get away from print. The downside to print is you just don't have any feedback. You don't know who's looking at it. You can have, you can have great results. You would just never know. Right. One of the things that we always do is ask, uh, where, how'd you hear about us? Right. And interestingly enough, we still get a lot of feedback that uh, we found in, you know, uh, uh, APC magazine or paint and decorating retailer magazine. So people are still reading it. But we are really starting to see an uptick in inquiries from Instagram, yeah, uh, especially because there are contractors out there who use our stain, who promote the, just on their own, promote how much they love it. Well, contractor A or B is now curious because they've seen a, a well-known contractor they've seen use it. Right now, they want to try it. Right. So it's it's oh, the word of mouth advertising on social media 
is is been phenomenal for us right and it and it can move very quickly too which is something that's also unique and different you know 10 years ago uh information got out in a magazine or a newspaper it did not move at nearly uh the speed that we see things moving now <laughs> no you'll you'll have feedback if you did something wrong they'll let you know they'll now. let you know right away exactly and so uh, you, you were talking about the, the contractor part of your business and the residential repaint. And, and so we do know that that uh, segment has been affected. Uh, what, what are your retailers telling you about, uh, about their businesses in terms of either that market or in terms of how they're adjusting to uh, service customers? Uh, I'm specifically thinking about you know, their response or your response to the coronavirus outbreak. Has there been much impact on your business? Are you doing things differently? Are your customers doing things differently? We are not doing things differently. And like I said, our numbers are up so we're having such a great year uh, that uh, we haven't, to be honest, had time to think about, geez, how do we change something that's doing better than we even expected. And so what about the manufacturing process? You're able to do that in a social, socially distant uh, way? Yes. The way our plant's set up is we keep our guys spaced out pretty well. Right. Uh, the only time they really get closer together is at the time of actually the of the actual blending where we're, we're mixing pigments. But even then, you can space out. This one guy stands over off to the side. The other guy puts the pigment in. There's really not... Uh, a whole lot that requires us getting close together. And they're wearing masks anyway. And, yes. And so probably that, that wasn't a problem. And, and I suspect your office has gone to some sort of work from home or perhaps you guys were in that uh, mode to begin with. No, no, believe it or not. we uh, There's only two of us that Jake Clark and I share an office. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's a big, it's a big room. It's not a, you know, we're not tight, tight in there tight. Uh, so, uh, and, and Jake's kind of the mentality of, uh, you know, and we, we talked to the guys about this because when this first thing first came out, everyone was very, very nervous. Yep. They were like, oh gosh, we got, we can't come to work. And we're looking at it and we're, we're, we had what we call a bucket meeting where you go get a five gallon pail, turn it upside down, let's sit down and, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we had a bucket meeting and Jake and I addressed the fears that we said, look, if, if all of us come to work. And all we ever do is go home and then go to the grocery store when and if we have to. We don't know that we can isolate ourselves any more than that. You have to go to the grocery store. We all have to go there. Uh, and if we're not interacting with other people any other way, if this is the only other place, then then this should still be pretty safe. And everyone agreed. It, it, it turned out to be uh, a, a really uh, smart way to, to approach the perspective of how do we deal with this and and so you guys have been operating relatively normally through the uh, through the coronavirus outbreak, and have you not had any illness among your employees? No. Well, that's the other thing is we're very fortunate. We're in rural California. Oh, what a nice so, advantage! Yeah, we have to this date, I think, three reported cases, and all three of those came from out of the county mm-hmm. to their second home or where they were staying here. Uh, I don't know if I believe that that's all that's here. I think everyone agrees there's more of that here than that. But uh, no, we're rural. We're we're not dealing with what you hear in the L.A.s and New York cities of the country. Right, right. 
And, and so what about your dealers? What are you seeing? Uh, uh, we know that New York is very bad. We, we touched on that a little while ago. What are you seeing uh, elsewhere around the United States? Are there other parts of the country that are, that are struggling uh, like New York or is New York unique in that regard? What, what is it you can share? I think it, it depends uh, from market to market. What, we're, what we do see is if you are very heavy in the contractor market where you really don't even deal with the the average homeowner retailer, a retail customer, yeah, you're you're hurting. You're in big uh, trouble. Yeah, definitely a lot slower because the average homeowner's never gone there to, to even know that it's an option. Yeah, uh, so I think those those businesses are slower. Yeah, the more DIY have you get, if you will, or, or more exposure you have to that, the businesses are doing really well now. They've changed closed door curbside pickup. Right, they're they're what they're telling me is. They're uh, they have people buying, but they're not able to sell them. Yeah, that, getting, I, I have heard that from many dealers. That's an interesting point. So yeah, in that regard, it's it's uh, doesn't mean they're not doing well, but there's, you know the, the amount of time that you spend on the phone, taking the order, doing it's taking it's a longer sale process too. If a sale took. Uh, two minutes now it's taking five minutes right right and it ties up that person it ties up that person during the entirety of the sales process versus if you're standing in their store uh, one employee can maybe handle two or three or four customers at once because somebody's picking color somebody's reading a little information somebody stopped the sales process for a second to take a phone call and so you can you can manage to handle more than one customer but if you're on the phone that's it you're on the phone you can handle one customer at a time exactly so that's that's been a burden for the retailers. But it's it's interesting to me when this whole thing first started, uh, I started sort of a campaign. Uh, it came at, at for me personally, a, a good time. I had just sold my business. Uh, I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule. And so I decided to immerse myself uh, into research of how this is affecting uh, retailers. And I started to hear uh, certain types of retailers were struggling very badly. And I, and I started hearing stories of retailers that were doing extremely well. And at first, I thought that that was geographic uh, variances, right? Because I'm not taking an actual survey. I'm just calling retailers that I know around the United States and Canada. And it wasn't until a few weeks went by when I had a bunch of these phone calls, literally hundreds under my belt, that I realized it's the decorating store and the high-end DIY coding stores that are doing well. And, and it's the sort of the traditional, just your paint, pot and brush uh, paint store. Those, those stores are really struggling right now. Yep, I agree. And, and so that, that lines up with, uh, with what you were saying. And, and so what, if anything, uh, have, have you had customers that have expressed some concerns about their future? Have you had customers ask you uh, for any kind of assistance that they've uh, had some problems caused by any of this? Uh, we haven't, no, we haven't had that. Um, I've had a, a few stores, not to say that they're concerned about their business, uh, but they are concerned that it's just so slow. Yeah. But they, uh, fortunately for our customer base, I think there's fewer of them than, um, uh, than there are stores that have done well at times. Right. But again, that being said, there are, there are segments where I ha we haven't even made the phone calls because we know that everything is so shut down that it's, it's, I talked to the reps and they're like, I still can't even leave my house. I'm like, okay, well, right. <laughs> uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about there. And that, that explains it. So again, there, there are 
just because they haven't talked to them doesn't mean that there isn't a part of our base that uh, isn't experiencing that. Right. And listen, if, if you're an independent retailer of anything in the United States right now, you need to be playing your best game. You need to be on your toes because this event, this, this outbreak has affected all of us. Look at the restaurants around you. Look at the other small stores, the clothing stores. Uh, some of them are, are in pockets where they continue to do well. Uh, the, the paint and, some of the paint and decorating stores are doing well. Hardware stores are doing well. But a lot of small businesses in this country are really struggling. And so I'm encouraging retailers to, to make sure they understand where they sit in this process so they can kind of get a sense of, of what's coming their way or, or what they have, how long their problems will last sort of thing. Yes. Now, there's, there's even for us, even though things are going well, the thing I'm still trying to wrap my head around is, okay, we've seen this short-term change today. It's for, let's say, two months into this. Is it going to continue? Right. Is it going to change again? We and how do you, how do we make sure that we're doing what we need to for our retailers with the the really the unknown about consumer behavior here, uh, not only for the rest of this year but moving forward. Well, one of the things that manufacturers can do, and I would encourage you guys to be involved in this, is is making sure that you understand what trends are at play and what changes are happening and sharing that information because a lot of times retailers, they get very busy running their own businesses. They get bogged down in running their own businesses and they miss a lot of the information uh, that gets sent their way. And I think that's typical of any sort of content consumer, but, but you have individual relationships. Your sales reps have individual relationships with retailers where you can put that information into the conversations and that's more likely to get it heard. Yes. And so that's what I'm encouraging uh, manufacturers to do is, is stay on top of these trends and, and make sure that their customers know. Yeah. And then one other thing I'd like to add, and, and I want to go back to something you asked me a little while ago, uh, you know, what are we doing to help uh, the retailers? Um, and I, I talked about uh, Instagram and how we're targeting advertisements. We, Jake and I, uh, Jake being the CEO of our company, we're talking about how in 2009 and 2008, when we had the Great Recession, how we still did very well as a company because of the, the staycation. Yep. Okay? Uh, I'm not going, you know, it was tough times, but, but uh, you know, people might have gotten furloughed or laid off or had a reduction in pay. But they were able to get through it, and they just spent a little more time at home. And, and they might not have the money to, to go to Disney for a week, but they could put a few dollars into uh, upkeeping their deck or their fence. Right. Well, we, what we're doing right now to help with the retailer and our targeted advertising is we want to go back to that staycation without calling out staycation because this is very different. People are scared to leave their home. They're scared to go to the store. So maybe reminding people that they're staying at home for a station is not what we want to do because that's a lot. They've been pulling two or three kids and the last thing is stay home. But but in the advertising, remind people that their outdoor space uh, can be their personal paradise, uh, their place of zen, whatever you want to call it. Right. Without reminding them. So how can we – because we want to be positive. If you turn on the news and you're listening to the news, everything's just negative. You think the world's going to end tomorrow. Yeah. And for some people, unfortunately, it has. But uh, how can we bring some positive uh, positivity to, to the messaging and just uh, help people uh, just from, a, from a, a mindset get through this thing? And so where your, your uh, consumers are seeing that marketing that you're talking about on, on Instagram and what other social media platforms are you guys active on? 
so we do the Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we've just started LinkedIn. Okay. You know, LinkedIn's really not going to help the average consumer because, again, that is targeted specifically to uh, outside sales reps, store right. managers. But that's from a social standpoint, that's really where we're, we're focusing right now. Right. But the Instagram has got to be a great outlet for you guys because I know from from my own experiences on, on social media, there is a very large painting contractor contingent on Instagram, very large. So on Instagram, uh, we've had a constant flow of uh, inquiries from contractors. Where can I get your stain? I want to try your stain. Where, you know, well, what do I need to do to, to get my hands on some samples? Uh, again, that is all being driven by the large contractor uh, presence on Instagram. And so, uh, yeah, Instagram, again, because we started investing in this years ago, we built up uh, a, a following and there are some uh, influencers. And what's wonderful about our customer base is we don't ask anyone to be influencers. So many of our customers love our product so much as they just they ha- they feel like they have to tell someone. So we've been very fortunate to benefit from the word of mouth uh, on between contractors on Instagram in uh, cooperation with. Uh, our participation at some of those shows like the PCA uh, show. Right. And then how do you turn that, uh, how do you transition that from a, from a contractor who's interested in your products on Instagram? How do you transition that into a connection with a retailer who can then actually sell them some stain? Oh, very simple. So <laughs> when the contractor, I'll call the contractor up and because uh, uh, I want to talk to him on the phone. Uh, find out a little bit about them. And what I'll do is I'll say, look, I'm going to give you some free stain. I want you to demo the stain. And when you fall in love with it, I have one request. You're going to walk into your local independent store and you're going to ask them to carry it for you or have a conversation. And then if I have to just give them, give me their contact up and we'll make this happen. Right. Our customer base is, is very much uh, been built up a, the good old fashioned grassroots way where uh, a lot of our retailers are, are here today because a contractor just, demanded that they carry our stain. All righty. Terrific. So we are getting uh, uh, close to the end of our time. I, I want to uh, wrap up the uh, the conversation about the coronavirus outbreak. But uh, so your, your customers right now have had no problems whatsoever getting deliveries. You guys are operating as normal. And, and so for a, a customer anywhere around the United States, what does that mean for a paint retailer around the United States? What does it take to get product from you guys right now? Uh, they give us a call, uh, and then it's just uh, if our customers, any retailer calls us, uh, let's say by 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon local time for wherever they are, Right. Uh, there's a good chance it's, it's shipping the same day. Oh, terrific. So two, three days anywhere around the United States, it sounds like. Correct. So, Brian, we're, we're getting near the end of our time. Do you have a, a final thought that you might want to share with uh, my listeners, most of which who are uh, independent uh, paint retailers? Yes. Uh, if, if anyone out there is listening and they want to just demo our product to learn more about our product, just give us a call. Uh, ask for me. I'll, uh, and what we'll do is we'll get some free stain into their hands to demo. And uh, this way, uh, the reason we would love for stores to demo is so that the uh, – Either the store demos it or they get their contractors to demo it. This way, the day that the stain goes on their shelves, they already have a couple contractors coming in and working their turns while they introduce our product to their market. And so uh, give, give us a call. We'll take care of you. Terrific. All righty. Well, listen, Brian Carter, president of Armstrong Clark of Sonora, California. Thank you very much for joining me today on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. All right, man. Take care. You too. 
So that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and you can hear this podcast. You can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher. 